Hello there and welcome everybody to this week's Dev Central Connects. My name is Boo, one of your community evangelists on the F5 Dev Central team, and I am your host today. Uh, today we've got on special guest Rob DeWeese. I'll bring him on in just a second here. He's from Kindrel, and I believe his uh, title is uh, Director of Cloud Networking. Uh, I'll get that from him in a second, actually. But we're going to be talking about multi-cloud networking. He's got an awesome background in that field, uh, so it'll be great to uh, pick his brain on that one. Before we do that, though, just wanted to go over a couple things right now. Um, if you are watching from LinkedIn or Facebook or YouTube or Twitter right now, make sure you give us a follow, click like uh, if you can. You might actually be listening to this after the live stream uh, via podcast. So you might be listening to us via Apple, SoundCloud, Google, Spotify. Make sure you follow us on one of those as well. Leave a five star review and all the good things on there that really helps us out as far as growing uh, our audience and, and reaching more people. And then just wanted to remind everybody that uh, this live stream is supported by community.f5.com. So this is the technical user community of F5, but we don't actually necessarily talk all about F5 on there. We can have all sorts of technical discussions on there. You can have non-technical discussions on there as well. We have the uh, uh, we have the water cooler area. You could post your Wordle score if you're still playing uh, Wordle. If you are playing Wordle, let me know in the comments, but uh, I still actually play it every once in a while. And then I also wanted to highlight a couple other things that are happening right now. Currently, it is Microservices March with Nginx. So if you head over to nginx.com slash MM, that's Microservices March, head over there and you'll actually be presented with uh, the ability to sign up for four weeks of training. And so totally free. You get to learn about microservices. Um, it's not just about the Nginx side of things, but it's around the whole ecosystem when it comes to microservices. And what we're doing with this is Jason has been running through all of the labs live. So when you sign up, you get access to the labs. They come out every week and then you can run through the labs. And for folks who are a little bit unsure about it and you're maybe thinking about dipping your toe into this, you can actually watch Jason's live streams on Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And he actually runs through the labs and you can watch him go through them. And maybe that's all you wanted to watch, or maybe you just wanted to be a little bit more comfortable with what you're seeing in the lab and then run through it. It's totally live. I mean, typos and everything. Jason will admit that at this point, maybe it's better to copy paste as opposed to try to type everything out. But uh, this Thursday, I'll actually be covering for that. Jason's got to step out for a bit. And so I'll be covering Microservices March and doing the lab live at 8 a.m. on this channel. So be sure to, to like, subscribe, follow uh, all the things. A couple other things as well. If you go over to community.f5.com, there's an events tab on there, and that's got our event calendar, F5's event calendar uh, on there. Not every single event, but a lot of events are posted on there. And a couple things are actually happening this week. Uh, one thing is, it might be too late for this already because of the time, but uh, our friends over in Singapore are having a lab day right now. So be sure to check out the calendar because there's another one coming up in Australia next week. So if you're in that region, uh, be sure to check that out, sign up and head over to that virtual lab. Um, and also this week is the Public Sector Symposium. And this is happening in Tyson's Corner in uh, Virginia, uh, McLean, Virginia. And this is live and virtual. So if it's live, you're probably there already. But uh, this also is happening virtually. And so you can sign up and check out the keynotes from there. There's training that's happening there as well. And if you're one of those CISSP or ISC square types, you can actually go to the event and collect CPE hours as well, which I know is important for those types uh, to make sure you um, collect those for maintaining your certification. So 
uh, please do check out the events that are happening on the uh, Dev Central events calendar. So with all that, I'd like to bring on my guest here and let's welcome Rob DeWeese. Rob, how you doing? Great, man. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, Boo. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. Um, I'm really excited to chat about this, actually. So if folks have not checked it out yet, from an F5 perspective, you today specifically, you'll be seeing a couple of things around our multi-cloud networking offering uh, App Connect and uh, Network Connect. Not to not for me to get in too much into the product stuff, but times out really well that we're going to be talking about multi-cloud networking because, Rob, you have a great background in multi-cloud networking. Maybe I'll give you a second to introduce yourself. Hey guys, nice to meet you. Uh, Rob DeWeese out of snowy Lake Tahoe. That's where I live. If you haven't been paying attention, we've been getting hammered. I am the director of cloud networking at Kindrel. It's an IBM spinoff, uh, formerly the chief architect. I was recently just uh, moved up into that role. Uh, and I really focus on Fortune 500 companies and originally cloud transformations, but then bringing back my passion for networking and combining the two and developing the cloud networking practice where we focus on what is anywhere from a third to 70% of what you do in cloud, which is networking from landing zone design, IP address management, load balancing, firewalls, security groups. I mean, you cannot have cloud without networking and that is my passion. And it's it's followed me throughout my career and I've helped develop a lot of, a lot of cloud features for AWS and Azure and then hopped over to the other side of the fence which is consulting. And that's where I really wanted to get involved with the customers. And that's where I've found a lot of success in the last uh, six years. And that's awesome. I know your your background's networking because you recently shared that you are a 10-year CCIE, like Emeritus. uh, Emeritus. Yeah. So last week was really cool. On the same day, I got uh, my 10-year certification, which means it's lifetime status. So I don't have to recertify anymore. And the CCIE was very hard for me. I actually got it at Amazon. Um, when I was working at AWS and uh, one of my um, coworkers at the time who helped me with it, Cam Agion, he's actually the director of cloud at Oracle now. And then another uh, buddy that helped me with it too, Steve Means is the director of security at uh, Azure. So there was this like core team back in the day where we all just went our own ways, but we're still banging it out in the cloud world and making big impact. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So congrats on that. I know that's no small feat to have to recertify or to get it in the first place and then to to recertify over and over. Did you get it first try or did it take a couple of lab attempts for that? Second attempt. You? Second attempt. Nice. The, the first time, I, as I had a friend say, it's a, it's a reconnaissance mission, essentially the first time. <laughs> Some people do pass, yeah. but you know you get better when you fail a few times or you fail once or whatever. Oh, that's pretty awesome, man. So maybe for a second, we can kind of dip back into your history. And you mentioned that you worked at Amazon. I know you have a couple other uh, places that you... Um, uh, had some great experience from as well, but maybe kind of diving back into your earlier days in networking, we can kind of trace back to how everything evolved into what it is now. Yeah, I, I think actually a good place to start when I was a kid. Um, growing up, um, family had a company called INE.com, Internet Network Expert, and um, grew up routing and switching, configuring BGP oh. at 16, doing CCI labs and whatnot. And I got my wow. uh, you know Cisco certs in high school and college. And when I left college, I joined the FBI actually and moved to Washington, DC and uh, worked for the Department of Biometrics where, you know, biometric, a measurable trait on your body, handprint, Oculus, you know, fingerprint, whatever, and uh, started solving some really complex problems. And they had me moving out, uh, going to Seattle a lot. So eventually I, I moved to Seattle because I liked the area. And I joined Amazon really at the beginning of cloud and 
just uh, started working in networking because that was my my passion. And you know, at the beginning of cloud, it was really about storage, compute, and networking. That's it was just you know simple simple storage, simple you know, web instances and connecting it all. And so working on features and standard platforms and data centers uh, so it could grow. And uh, one of the first, you know, technologies I worked on was Direct Connect, which is how you uh, connect to AWS and uh, mm-hmm. learned a lot from that. And eventually I, I left Amazon and hopped the bridge, as we say in Seattle, uh, across Lake Washington and joined uh, Microsoft. And Microsoft kind of continued down that route, uh, worked on Express Route and, you know, making things better, different iterations of what I wanted to work on and make better and, and allow people to connect anywhere at any time for any reason. Okay. What I found, though, after this, you know, almost decade in cloud was that two out of 10 things you work on throughout the year actually are successful. Okay. And I was getting sick of spending 70% of my time working on things that never worked out. And, you know, if two things you do in a year are a commercial success, that's great, right? But when you're on the development side, you do a lot of guessing at what the actual problems were. And I wanted to go out and see that. I always thought IBM of IBM as, you know, a key pillar in the IT industry and one of the best consulting companies. They they only do hard problems. You know, they, they used to have this marketing thing, that you know, we do hard, right? I wanted that. I think it was that ad that was like, I want this. And so I hopped to the other side of the fence, as I like to say, and learn what the actual problems are and started working with Fortune 500 companies. So I joined as the cloud architect originally on the cloud migration factory, as we called it at the time, and then moved up to lead architect within a year and then um, became, then, you know, worked my way into chief architect and then now director of cloud networking, always bringing a passion and, and flavor of networking to cloud and a lot of education. Uh, when I sit in front of these very large clients, these execs, these directors, the story resonates when they start to understand how cloud was actually born and, you know, what the real problems are. So IBM spun off their consulting company into a company called Kindrel. We're about a year old, but we're the largest GSI in the world. So we're still <laughs> IBM flavored, but we're doing things a little different now. And uh, I like the freedom of it and the ability to control my team and really pick rock stars and transform things. And, you know, mm-hmm. one ways I'm doing that is with the F5 products. Uh, you're one of the you were the first solution I sought out over a year ago for the new cloud networking initiative because the original creators of that product, uh, when it was called Volterra, I believed in their vision. I, th- I thought that they really got it, that connecting one cloud to another, how to simplify everything, how to you know have a, a development page where I can download the YAML or the scripts from your F5XC product. It, it was completely in line with my vision. And that's really where I hooked back up with F5 uh, with a strong passion in the last year plus and been presenting in front of clients and we're getting some deployments done at some some large companies and it's it's been really great so yeah that's awesome i mean that's uh amazing validation from somebody with your history to um have seen the vision of volterra and and believe in that so uh, i'm sure those guys and everybody that works on distributed cloud really appreciates that maybe can if we were to go back to your experience with direct connect and express route mm-hmm. originally like how were those conceived like there was a there was a problem that we were trying that you were trying to solve at the time yeah so the problem was you know the original instantiation of cloud at aws was you know compute storage and we had to network in okay well the original way to connect in was either through you know the internet which you know 10 plus years ago the internet performance isn't like it is today where it's like we don't need qos anymore for a lot of things like companies run on like teams or slack or 
you know, you can do video calls over the internet and the quality is good. We're on a stream app right now. It doesn't require VPN, doesn't require private MPLS connectivity. But at the time, the internet wasn't that way. YouTube videos would buffer, you know, um, it was a problem. So we had to come up with ways for people to connect in via VPN and there were no good VPN options. So the original product was developed on an open platform called OpenSwan, which is just IPsec VPN to connect in. And that was one way. Okay. You had to be able to connect in, but we needed the private connectivity option. And this is where, um, direct connect was really born was out of uh, communication with large ISPs like orange telecom, Verizon, whatnot, negotiating, Hey, we need this connectivity for not only like a backbone between all these various standardized data centers, which are also working on standardization. And that's really what a lot of cloud is, is standardized everything. It was, uh, allowing connectivity for people that needed to transfer databases and, and things that, you know, terabytes of information transferred over VPN don't work most of the time. So we had to come up with a way for you to connect in to turn this from a small business solution to an enterprise grade solution. And that required private connectivity. So it's it's a lot of negotiations with carriers. It's a lot of standardization on how we can connect in. So circuit types, geography, um, data sovereignty. And that was really the birth of Direct Connect was, was that a standardized way to connect anyone with private connectivity to support database transfers was the original vision is how I feel, but it's anything that requires bulk transfer uh, that couldn't fail. Okay, and that took it from the small business solution to the enterprise vision. That's a, that's amazing. Like I think from a, a consumer's perspective, like they look at something like Direct Connect and they're like, oh, I, I do a couple things and I have a connection. But to hear you talk through all the thought process behind it and the reasons why and everything that's built there and the standardizations that you do, uh, I, I certainly just within that have a lot more appreciation for uh, what you guys built. Yeah, I, I think the the principle was, and it applied for Azure's Express Route too. Was you need to allow. I have this quote in the CIO Magazine article that came out last week. You know, you need to be able to move anything anywhere at any time for any reason. And when we're talking massive amounts of data, it requires private connectivity because you, you're at the mercy of the internet. Packets will fail. It just even with VPN. So to do bulk transfers. You needed that. Now the next iteration of what I didn't like about Direct Connect. Uh, was that it didn't have the ability to do QoS at the time. And that's where ExpressRoute Azure had an advantage and to this day is still the best private cloud connectivity solution in my opinion, is that we used uh, standardized on BGP, Board Gateway Protocol. It's a it's the routing protocol that runs the internet. But what BGP does and with the right contracts and negotiations with the world's telecoms, advertising BGP community tags to then apply quality of service markings and get them respected across many carriers is no small feat. Getting orange telecom or Singtel or Star or Verizon to all respect the same markings is, is quite an undertaking. And that's where ExpressRoute really still does have the advantage. And that's why you can do things like Teams or Azure Active Directory Online. They're still, you know, they use what was originally just BGP community tags. This, this is how we can, you know, now have QS over the internet and everything else. So it's, it's pretty impactful. And uh, it was just the next iteration. There's many more since then. That's and that's awesome. So being able now in your role, so you went from building solutions that covered everyone and anyone. And now at Kindrel, you kind of narrow in and focus on certain customers to solve specific solutions for them. I mean, a, a big, a big problem or big issues for them, but you're narrowing in on certain customers to, to, uh, solve for them. Absolutely. So here, here's all I'm trying to do. Do you, do you see this apple? Yeah. All right. Imagine this is a ball, whatever. This is the ideal solution. This is all I'm ever trying to do for my clients. 
okay, is give them the ideal solution. Now, the ideal solution, when you come in from a consultant, is to, what it really takes is having empathy and understanding what the customer's problems are. So, you know, the decision makers at one of these large companies, they will see things, you know, from the top, you know, and their engineering and support staff, they'll see things kind of from the bottom because they deal with the problems. And then you get these like sales teams and consultants and they kind of come in from over here because they have their agenda to push and make money. And what I've always tried to do is see around, see everyone's problems from the top to the bottom and empathize and really understand. Once you really understand with empathy, what the customer's pain points are and how we can make it better, we don't have to go bold. It's it's just simple iterations that can speed up the execution. So turning up services quicker, um, requiring less administrative overhead, not too much scripting to where if you lose a developer, no one knows how to fix their script. Okay. And as long as you try and see things around, try and see the entire solution for what it is from, from the vendor perspective, from the decision maker side, support, you know, the, the consulting angle. If, if you do that, it almost always reveals the solution. And that's, that's the approach I take with my clients. And mm. yeah. And, and when I'm creating the ideal solution, I also want to make sure that it is built like a product. The environment is built like a product. So like F5XC when it was built, it was originally you know, multi-cloud connectivity and uh, some QoS and some load balancing. Now it's been adopting new security features and whatnot. The, the best ideal solutions, they're built like a product which can adopt new features, that can ad- adopt new standards, that mm-hmm. can flex and mold. And that's what I've learned in consulting is really the key is just making sure you try and build a solution like that. Because if it can't adopt new features, if a new regulation comes out and all of a sudden you've got to throw this out the window, then it looks bad for everyone. <clears throat> That's a great way to look at it. So maybe we can spend a bit of time on um, talking about some of the some of the products that you've built with customers at this point, like maybe some of the um, ways that they've been successful or... Um, you know, tips on being successful when it comes to multi-cloud networking. What are they solving, or what are you solving with them? Well, let's let's look into uh, F5XC. You know, um, we've got F5XC working at two different stock exchanges worldwide right now, and those were quite challenging regulatory hurdles. Quite challenging working with banks. Uh, the integration to partners, traders, customers in real time, where milliseconds matter to execute a trade. That's where the the multi cloud story comes in because now you're pro- you're dealing with something like Azure Active Directory Online. Okay, having to authenticate to an end user, they're going to have to have some sort of zero trust or or you know VPN agent that identifies and figures out their identity before granting them access. Then you probably have some storage or some real-time news feeds you're pulling in from another cloud. And you have to have this like multi-tenancy model where it's like, hey, this person can only access these resources and never anything else. So now you're dealing with you know multi- multiple clouds, probably a SaaS or two, like an SAP or an ADP uh, to bring in and connect and execute trades or to pull a newsfeed to a CNBC to update to another stock exchange. And then it's got to be extremely secure, connect to a data center. And so you've got this really complex flow of things that just runs the world, right? And it's it's latency sensitive, highly secure, highly regulated, and it has to go across the entire world. So how do you enable that? And that's multi-cloud networking because the center of gravity in networking has firmly shifted 
to the cloud. There is a mass exodus out of data centers that should come as no shock to everyone. And now you're seeing a mass exodus of people wanting to get out of licensed hardware in the hardware game, you know, having to refresh tens of millions of dollars a year or every seven years or so when they need new equipment because uh, it's end of life and of support, the game is changing. And that's where this is all going. This is where, again, the center of gravity is firmly shifting. And this is where XE and, you know, other multi-cloud, you know, where multi-cloud networking comes in. It's how do you enable a complex set of flows and not have it take three months to turn on a new service. I mean, it will kill your business if you can't roll out the features you need when you need them. And that's where the great simplification, as I like to say, comes in. It's it's starting to blend the cloud admins, the networking admins, the security admins, you know, the traditional boundaries of what were IT, um, the database admins. It, it's all kind of blending together now where it's everyone's kind of just this cloud administrator that can read a doc and learns how to, you know, turn up a service, but it, that comes with its own risks. And that is security. You know, seven of the 10 most misconfigured items in cloud are security or networking related. Okay. So mm-hmm. by having all these cloud admins configure things and not knowing networking has left the world in its largest vulnerability to date. And that's one thing I'm really trying to clean up and where your platform is actually a year ago, it didn't have the security features today. It's got the bot, the WAF protection, it's bringing on CDN. It's, it's doing every, it's because it was built like an ideal solution. It can adopt new features and, and, and have a roadmap. And when you're building the multi-cloud solution, that's what you need. Don't be looking at point solutions, preferably when we're dealing with these larger enterprise customers, point solutions become expensive and they get embedded and then maybe the company goes bankrupt. And I'd rather have one number to call for support for a large amount of my tech stack. I'd I'd rather have one bill to pay to deal with my multi-cloud networking, with my transit, with my security services. And that's really where I I think the the XD product is, uh, it's excelling. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that example sounds really cool too. When you talk about making it a product for a, a customer too, like from their perspective, I'm, I'm guessing, hey, you know, you're the stock exchange, you got a, a new trading brokerage that wants to get some of your services, they want some seats on the trading floor or something like that, you have to be able to quickly accommodate them, or there's options out there, potentially, like they could look at other stock exchanges, maybe to focus more of their efforts on or maybe a news feed that's coming in and being able to enable them really quickly, because all the traders want access to that and gives you um, differentiators over your uh, competition if your product can evolve faster. Absolutely. You know, I'll give another good example that uh, one that I've been working on due to regulatory hurdles from, you know, HIPAA, FCC and FAA and whatnot. There's another great use case, okay, uh, that's being done in the background. And it's, um, we have this hospital, say in Dallas, Texas, and, you know, within a 300 mile radius, it's a bunch of rural towns that don't have access to world-class surgeons and whatnot, or life-saving healthcare. So there's things going on now with like 5G and where your platform fits in that will allow drones to take off from a major hospital and drop, uh, you know, a five pound package that could be like an EKG machine or something for a heart stint or paddles to restart a heart. Um, and that did you see the uh, Mark Rober video? I did. Yeah, (laughs) I just watched that this weekend. And so there's a lot of complexities that go into that world changing technology. It's you know it's again it's going to be in multiple clouds. It's got to have real time GPS location. It's got to have five G. Um, it's got to fly along a certain path and work with the FAA and, you know, to, to bring these things to light, to really change the world, everyone on dev central that's listening, you know, we need to, good developers to help 
build these little nuggets that, that make the ideal solution because these things are changing the world. But multi-cloud networking is the, at the center of this specific project, mm-hmm. okay? Because you have to, you're pulling in things from AWS, you've got some reporting that goes to Oracle, you've got you know dashboards, you've got to have some edge compute modules throughout the flight path that run on 5G. This is the modern world, it's 2023. It's getting really exciting and it's moving quick. But to make something like that, you can't make it overly complicated. You've got to have, you know, having one console to make the connectivity happen and the real-time location data and the automation and the scripting where the F5XC platform fits in, it enables this, this world-changing technology. And it's at the center of this one solution in particular. Isn't that cool when you can, you know, you have your business, a core function of your business, and you can actually hire developers to work on that core function because now you can actually offload the multi-cloud networking, the app, the app connect type stuff to be able to connect to your Kubernetes environments that could be offloaded to something else. So your, your investment in developers is actually going towards making the business better as opposed to, you know, having to worry about that stuff. Absolutely. And since I've got some developers on, developers will be listening to this. Do me a favor, make your code simple, make it to where you can walk away from it and someone else can figure it out. One thing that I do find is, is a major hurdle in speed execution and making these solutions happening is making them overly complicated. If you can get it done in a few lines versus a, you know, 20, 30, 100 lines, uh, please do, because eventually someone will have to pick up your work like a torch, you know, and carry that on, carry that light forward to, and, and we can't develop these solutions like a product to adopt new features if you don't simplify your code. I, I cannot harp on that enough. I, I think that a lot of the problems I run into with these clients, their solutions ended up being, you know, they weren't homogenous. They, they spot built something and then they had to like try and force it together and like plug and play. And, you know, to, to make 2023 happen in the future where, where technology really is, guys, where it's really exciting. A lot of the pain points I see with the clients are around speed to execution and due to coding, DevOps automation and whatnot. This is a this is a shout out to or a call out to those those development managers too who are uh, judging their developers based on the amount of lines they write That's or terrible. the amount of commits they push. I think that yeah. is a terrible metric, honestly, <laughs> because when they say you know find a lazy person and they'll find the easy, the, the best way to build something versus uh, there's some quote like that, yeah. um, and it's true, especially with coding. The the simpler the better if it gets it done. I I, I don't think lines of code is is a good judgment. In fact, I think that's the marking of a junior dev more than it is a you know experienced dev. Cool. Well, uh, that went by real quick, uh, Rob. So that was uh, we are at time. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, would love to chat further. You have a, a ton of experience uh, that I'd love to to dive into further, but we'll have to park it for a part two at some point. I know we have to get going to another uh, another recording, so I won't keep you from that. But thank you for jumping on. You have a couple, maybe I'll give you a second here. You have a couple articles that you've written recently that maybe we should uh, highlight before we let you go. Yeah, I, I have a, a four-part series on next-generation cloud networking. It's available on my LinkedIn. I also, and I highly recommend you read them. Um, it's actually six articles, and uh, one of them focuses on F5XC, but it follows a trajectory of explaining what cloud networking is, what NASs are, which F5XC is partly a NAS. And it goes into uh, one article, it's talking about taking back what is ours, which is about taking, you know, networking people being more involved in cloud and ensuring that we don't leave the world to the giant security risk, that we're not overpaying for services because some cloud admin just read an article and turned up a service. And then I go into F5XC and I call it the old dogs with new tricks is the, is the name of the article. And I really think it's uh, appropriate because F5 has now been around a while and, uh, 
you guys have been known as, as one of the developers platforms, one of the best developing I rules and, and whatnot for big IP. And, you know, you guys have this flexibility and I love it. And uh, I, I talk about how that's been brought to F5XC and some overviews. And I do talk about F5XC in an article that hasn't been posted on uh, CIO magazine yet. I have a five part series coming out with them. The first article is uh, came out last week. So I, I'm not sure if the release schedule is like once a month for the next five months or what. I'll, ha- I'll have to get back to you guys on that. But uh, do talk further on it. And uh, if you're interested, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much, Rob. We have uh, the research team has been putting in some links into the chat and we'll have all the links on uh, on the show thread as well. So thanks a lot, Rob, for uh, joining me today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Boo. Already fantastic to have Rob on uh, a ton of experience, actually. So that's super cool to have that chat with him. And he's seeing everything from the trenches right now uh, in his uh, in his role as he jumped, hopped over the fence into the consulting side of things. So a ton of uh, a ton of great information. Awesome to have him on. Uh, a couple of things before we wrap up here. If you're watching from LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook or Twitter right now, make sure you hit follow, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a like. I also wanted to highlight we've got uh, Jose. Thank you very much for joining us today. There you are again. Thanks a lot, Jose. Uh, Great to have you on and and following with us. Um, And uh, yeah, otherwise, you might be listening to this via podcast right now, Apple, Google, Spotify, and possibly SoundCloud. So make sure you're subscribed to us on that. Leave a review if you can as well. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, via that. And then uh, as always, make sure you visit community.f5.com. Join us on the forums there. Ask your technical questions or whatever questions that you might have around F5 or otherwise. Um, And then, yeah, otherwise, I will see you this Thursday. If you're watching this live, I'll see you this Thursday. I'll be doing the Microservices March uh, Lab live with you Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Otherwise, thank you very much, folks. And we will see you on the next one. Bye.